What up, B-Siders? I was in Atlanta a couple few months ago, and I got up with Rashe Kali and Russell Richards, aka Kufrak and Cosmo Brown, members of the legendary L. Poops. I can't wait to share their story with you. I fucking love this band. Love this band. So much so that I'm going to shut the hell up and allow a professional to introduce them to you. Enter episode four guest of the B-Side, Drez the Beatnik. Audio from a 2001-ish show in Atlanta. My name is Dread the Beatnik. I represent Four Kings Entertainment. Echo Lounge. We're just the house of vagabonds up in here. Giving all this good fucking music for your ears. If you bring the party, like I bring the party, make some noise and give it up for the NFI, for my man, man. What's up, man? <laughs> What's going on? Oh, so, um, so welcome to the B side. Um, this is odd because I'm talking to two people and I have to avert my attention. So, you know, what I'm saying? if I catch a, like a crick in my neck, it's y'all fault. <laughs> All good. You stretch it out, brother. <laughs> so let's just start off with um. Tell me, let's let's start with you. Tell me a little. Tell me your name and a uh, little bit about yourself. I mean, what we'll, we we'll giving governments or <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want, yo, whatever you feel comfortable with, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Just let me at know. At this point, Cosmo, Brown, Russ, Charles, Richards, third. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you went all the way government. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Koof Rock, I guess that's what I used to be, right? <laughs> Koof right. Rock. <laughs> I, I still got you as Koof Rock in my phone, so okay, you know. So yeah, okay, still Koof Rock then, and then and then Rache <laughs> Kali, and then Rache. Well, some of I think Slick and Rose call me Rache uh, Koof, Koofy Francis. <laughs> I like that one, <laughs> Koofy Francis. Uh, shout out Slick and Rose. So, uh, what y'all do? What you do? I live. <laughs> That's what I do. I live for a living. Just right. <laughs> I experience life to the fullest. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, man. That you know, whatever ventures I come across, real estate is like you know, it's the main thing. Flipping the houses out here in the Southwest Atlanta. Okay. Okay. Yeah, trying to buy back the hood. That's what's up. Or, On some theatrical gates. <laughs> yeah, my name is exciting. I do uh, <laughs> I do uh, 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 technical architecture at this point. IT work. Yeah, shit yeah, sound. Yeah. But yeah, I'm trying it, to. It sounds a lot yeah. more interesting. Than <laughs> no. flipping houses. No, I'm, to get, like, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to flip houses. Flip like that. <laughs> I, I've ran my course as a technical person at this point. Brand I smart. feel like we've been friends for a long fucking time. Like it's been a long for, time. The soundtrack, right? Yeah. That's when we met. The yeah. life sweet. Life sweet. Yeah. What year was that? It had to be ninety seven. Uh, ninety eight. Ninety seven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Around then. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's twenty years. I was yeah. yeah. Twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And what's crazy is I somebody slipped me a tape of y'all before that. Huh. Like way before that. Uh huh. 
and it was like, yo, you gotta listen to this. This is that shit. It was funny. He acted I don't like think I've ever heard this story. He acted like he was like y'all friends. He was like, yo, man, yo, El Pool and da 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 woo woo woo. And I was like, cool, let me listen to it. So, and I just been rocking that tape. And then Jamal from Life Sweet, yeah, director, yeah, yeah, he was like, yo, we got El Pool doing the thing, and I was like, huh. these guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's how at that. So he came around after Strange Cowboy. This was when we really was about to blow, I guess. Strange Cowboy was 98. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to call it 99 because then we can call this the 20th anniversary. <laughs> You're right. It was 99. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at that the other day. I was like, damn, we can't do 28. Yeah, you can just say yeah. your album is like old it. enough to drink now. Exactly. You know 21. <laughs> yeah, right. Our album can actually get into the clothes yeah, we rock. Exactly. Right. Yo, so <clears throat> before, before we've already kicked in all that shit, but I kind of want to know like, what it was before all that. Before I met Kofi? Yeah. Oh, man. Like, what was you doing before? Like, before? How, how you even link up? Like, why? Was, I, why you even think this would work? You know what I'm saying? You know why? Yeah. Because I saw something in that dude that no one else, I think, saw. Okay. I had moved to Houston. He was already in Houston. Right. I had moved to Houston from San Antonio where I graduated high school. And, uh, and I moved to Houston to go to school. And he was in the school. And it was like a clique of, of like you know artists, rappers, whatever, mm-hmm. and a lot of talent. And he was like the he was like the the guy he was in, but he was like on the on the on the on, on the outside. Own. That's real. On the, on the outside. That's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I saw like I heard his beats, and I was like, and I heard I heard him you know songs, and I was like, this dude is sick. But nobody was really like trying nobody to like partner up with him. So I was like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get with this guy. I was all flash. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No substance at all. Nah, no, nah, let me, so, let me. All right. Nah, all nah, right. for real. But then I got with this guy, and then yeah, I mean, still sharp and still, and I, I got better. What was your shit sound like before you met him? Oh man, had like in the hubcaps. It was all flash. <laughs> <laughs> I had the concepts, look, like everything, yeah. but like a real record. <laughs> now, so when I met this dude, so yeah, we was at Texas Southern. This is Texas Southern University, and um, um. We was all all the five percenters I hung out with. Yeah. You know, we all rapped and we was all five percent. Cosmo, who at the time his name was Cadillac. Yeah, I, I just remember being in the square at, at Texas Southern, yeah. and this man had one. He had made. <laughs> he, he had took an old man suit, <laughs> like from the thrift store joint, yep. and made a short set out of that. <laughs> so yep. he had on the vest from the suit, and he had made shorts out of the slash. Yep. And he had a uh, toothbrush around his neck. <laughs> but he was the cool man. You ever see Rockers? You ever see the movie Rockers? No. Well, hot uh. horse face walk around, just like yeah. <laughs> he came through. He came through TSU like horse face. Like, who is this guy? Yeah, can't tell me nothing. Who is this dude? Yeah, you couldn't tell him shit. Uh, he had an impeccable sense of style, and um, it was it was interesting because it, it was real clicked up. Yeah, and I was next to the click, but I wasn't in the click. I was just yeah. like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rap too. I know, and yeah. I had lessons already, so it ain't like I even got life from them. Just explain real quick, you know, what I'm saying what what that's all about. Man, I'm a, I'm gonna try to be brief about it because because <laughs> now I'm forty something and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you, I still subscribe to a lot of it. You know. No, a lot of it is yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the basic tenet of it is, is is you know, there's out of the hundred percent of the population, you got uh eighty five percent who's dumb, deaf, and blind, just kind of just walking around here, don't sheep. really know what's going on, sheep, mm-hmm. don't know what's what's popping, and, and and don't really care what's going on in reality. And you got ten percent of people who know what's going on. And exploit that eighty five percent with the mm-hmm. knowledge of what's going on. And then you got five percent, which is 
the poor righteous teachers whose job it is to not only understand uh, the reality of who is God, what is God, mm-hmm. what the universe is, how the universe works, and spread that information to other people. So the 5% is the, is the ones that, that, again, are the poor righteous teachers and supposed to spread knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep yeah. it there. Yeah. 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 That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 There's a lot more to it. <laughs> we get into plus degrees and yeah. spaceships and shit. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I never made it that far. Oh, man. I had, I had the plus degrees and all that. Yeah. Damn. I stopped I start right at the black man's God. <laughs> right. right. That but was that, enough you, for me. Yeah. What? The black man's God? I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Look, all you need it. Sign yeah. me up. Sign <laughs> me up. I'm with it. Yep. Did that make it into a lot of your music though? Yeah, yeah. early stuff. Early the stuff, early yeah. stuff, it was all all over the place. All over the place. Um, mm-hmm. Strange Cowboys, all kinds of five percent references in there. Um, yeah, it's all over there. I think by the time Hoodlum Rock, hey. yeah, we had got Hollywood. Yeah, we <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the whole thing had changed. But yeah, I, let me see if I remember this the same way you remember it. There was a dude named Peace. Yep. And we used to always be at Peace at South. And yep. Peace had a uh, EPS 16 yep. plus yep. beat machine. Okay. Uh, it was yeah. not really keyboard. beat machine, keyboard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sequencer. Sequencer. And uh, the aforementioned Cypher from Three Wise Men had, had one or two, but he would never show me how to use it. Yeah. He just was fronting on me. Yeah. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to give out no. Maybe he could see it. He could no see, degree. What, he right. see what Cosmo saw. Right. He was like, yo, right. man, this dude dope, man. I wouldn't doubt it. He nah. got beats and fucking lyrics. Nah, yeah. he ain't touching yeah. my shit. It was Kanye before Kanye. <laughs> But what's so at a uh, pizza's house? I was making a beat and I w- it was Attack of the Killer Sirens. Get it was really here. one of my first beats. Get out of yeah. here. And you came upstairs and I was working on Attack. Wow. And you was like, yo, that beat is crazy. I got something for that. And that was when we started. That was it. Really? That was it. And it was literally one of the first. I didn't have my own ASR 10 at the time. No, I, I did that. the Attack beat on Pieces Joy. That's crazy. You know? And I know it was at Peace. And I know it was Attack because. <laughs> Because all the samples from Attack of the Killer Siren are from the first Billy Down Productions album. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the whole thing. That's hilarious. <laughs> they only had like a couple of records up there. That's hilarious. So I took the bridges of a beat uh, and the, um, the tone from sound from our sponsor. Uh, woo, yeah. Woo. I slowed it down on the turntable. Woo. Mm. Woo. Woo. That's. <laughs> yeah, dog. Gangster. <laughs> you still got that? So uh, I still got the disc and all that shit. Like oh, the original. Uh. Yeah. But that beat I was working on and then Kaz came up stairs and it was ill like on some real shit like nobody had ever acknowledged none of my shit on right. no level nobody was like oh that's dope or nothing. and I've been messing around for whatever but he heard that beat and it ended up being one of our first songs first yeah. of all it's not our first song I think it was our first song or one of them at least and that shit it was killing everybody. Everyone. Everybody. <laughs> so we came out the gate like fuck. Yeah. And it was a, it was it was weird because yeah, we was on some yeah. weird shit anyway. Yeah. Beat was faster than anything out. Yeah. It was yeah. It was so weird. It was a weird ass beat. Yeah. It was a weird ass beat. Yeah. And we would just I mean just promoted us being non-conformist from an early, early like yeah. from day one. Was Ain't number five percent talk on that record. Yeah. Was it sort of like the same style that I know you guys for or was it completely different i think it was completely different yeah i think so it, it you know what's funny a, though our, our hip-hop shit feels more like our show yeah it had like a punk undertone mm-hmm. but yeah. it was straight like like eclectic hip-hop yeah for that time too what happened after that Whew, we um, you, you just like 
How do we get to the instruments? Started making shows. I'd be like, what? So What's we the progression did, of that? How, did, how do you even grow like that? So in Houston, <laughs> we, we wasn't doing like shit. A, we, a, just doing we did a show. We did one show. Did we do a show in Houston? You know what? I think Koofy left and, and went to moved to Atlanta. Yeah. And, mm. and then, you know. Because at the time, mind you, I was this dude, and I wouldn't have done shit in music yeah, if I had not yeah. met him. Right, because Nothing. I didn't believe that none. I was like, man, I'm about to get me a nine to five. Yeah, I was getting a dream. degree. I, I was like, dude, <laughs> you wild now. You tell it. <laughs> you, you're being too unrealistic, Russell. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you bugging. <laughs> so yeah, I came to I came to Atlanta and uh, <laughs> Russell was like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming down there. Yeah, like I remember, man, we used to. I, this sounds crazy, but we grown ass men now, so whatever. But we used to call each other and be rhyming, like Sam rhymes and shit. <laughs> Yo, I got, got a new joint. Yo, check this shit out. But nah, it's cool because we stayed in touch. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't even know how long that was. It wasn't that long, I don't think. Yeah, well, yeah. Then we met Dallas Austin, remember that? So we yeah. came down here. And um, I don't forget whose idea it was to go down to the Rowdy store. I think that was just the place. Yeah, it was just somewhere to be. It was like be. a hotbed at, at Dallas Austin had a, a clothing store in uh, underground Atlanta called, he had a record label called Rowdy, and he had a, right. the Rowdy store, uh, which is a clothing store as well. And, you know, all the local Atlanta rappers would be out there, you know, underground scene, you know, some that was signed to his label or whatever would be there. So everybody knew if you were trying to get on, that's a good spot to right, try. Right, right. Dallas well Austin be there. owner, right. so his people would be there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we actually got to. You know, yeah, he was sitting in the store one day when we was in there, and we was like, yo, we got a demo. I'm pretty sure he, we just going <laughs> to hand him a tape, and he's going to send us away, and he put the shit in the tape player in the store. That, that right, right, right there. there. Oh, shit. And it could have been garbage, right? It could have been it the worst been, yeah. shit ever. But, but it wouldn't have been nothing on him. He did just hey, that shit garbage. Yeah. Don't right, but he, yeah. he put the tape in and started rocking it in the store. It was freestyle from outer space. Was it? Yes, it was. I, I'll never forget that. I'll never <laughs> wow. forget that. Because that's one of the illest songs we ever yeah, made. That shit wow. is crazy. It was crazy, and um, <laughs> he listened to it, and he was like, what? "It was like, what y'all doing tonight, or something like that, or what yeah. y'all doing tonight, what y'all doing tomorrow night?" I was like, Shh, we ain't doing shit. <laughs> like, you should come up to my studio, come to the dark, yeah, yeah on some for real yeah. ass, yeah, like a lifetime movie ass shit, yeah, yeah. That's like how it happens in the stories, like right. storybook. Just show up, but it yeah. was real, yeah. yeah. We ended up going up there, man. I think he wasn't there when we went. Yeah, he didn't even show up that night. The rest of Roddy was there, but but Dallas wasn't. But I mean, that's how we started knowing. That's how I started. Cosmo always knew it was real. He always knew we was on some shit. Right. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, we really might be ill. Yeah. Like we really <laughs> might be on some shit because yeah. this type of stuff don't just happen yeah. on some bullshit. Yeah. I remember one thing Cosmo told me, taught me. As a, as, a, as a musician or as, a, as somebody who's, who's trying to hand off, he was like, man, hand that shit to him and act like it don't even matter if they listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember he told me, he was like, man, don't ever hand nobody your demo and like act like you care if they listen to it. <laughs> just give them the shit and walk away. <laughs> like, my number on there, if you like it, if you like it, just call me. And just go and just speed on the ass. Don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't sweat them, don't talk to them. Yeah. Let the music speak for itself. Yeah. Give them the tape and just bounce. Yeah, yeah. And that shit worked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always worked. Yeah. I want to go even further back. Yeah, because you want to know what you were doing before. We where you? Met. Where you from? Where you from originally? Ah, uh, man, I was born in New Orleans, and uh, at an early age, my father we moved to uh, Texas, mm. San Antonio. Then at eight, I moved to San Francisco, and then I, I spent eight years in San Francisco, like. Like some of the best years of my life, 
And then from there, uh, 16, I moved back to San Antonio, graduated high school. Then I went to uh, to Houston. What did your pops do? They had you moving like that. Military. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pops yeah. <laughs> was in the Army. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, you know, I had a very enriching life as a child, you know. Culture shot, both moving to San Francisco, because, like, San Antonio was, like, I was in Kirby, which is a suburb of San Antonio, and it's, like, yeah, man, it's just nothing going on there. Mm. And then I moved to San Francisco, which is, like, the West Coast, New York. And I was, I was out. I was way out of place. I was an easy target. <laughs> I was the only target <laughs> for the whole school. It was me against everybody. And my mind didn't make it no better because I was wearing homemade clothes. I couldn't get a haircut every Friday. Wow. Yeah, man. I had it bad, man. I had it real bad. Uh. Yeah. Until I moved back to Texas, and I was light years ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then that was bad because all the girls is on me, but the dudes is like, "Fuck that nigga." <laughs> Real talking, I was, I was fighting. <laughs> yep. nah. How'd you even fall? How'd you fall into music? Like, why did that become your thing? Um, you know what? I think it was like really, <laughs> just to be honest. I'm about to learn yeah. something. I was like, I think I was going through a period where just like. I was coming into like a young man, you know, feeling yourself, trying to get at girls, and girls was just not feeling me. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'm gonna show y'all one day, y'all gonna wanna be with me. And I feel like the best way for me to get to that point was through music. <laughs> and I like music too, I like music a lot. And I figured it was a way where I can get all the music that I ever wanted to listen to and all the girls that I wanted to be with. Right. So I was gonna kill two birds and one stone. So that's what it was. I was like, okay, I'm gonna start. Fucking with music. It wasn't like I guess I just had a love for music and girls. <laughs> hey, that's enough. Yeah. 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 It's dope. Oh um, Same question. where you from? Uh I'm from Detroit originally. Um I have not moved around a lot. I went from Detroit and uh, about thirteen I moved to Houston. My father um my father moved to Houston to help build a church, the Shrine of the Black Madonna, which is out there's one here in Atlanta too. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so what's up. my uh, my my pop and Cherry, my yeah. stepmother, was from Shrine One in Detroit. Okay. And and the Shrine was trying to expand across the United States, so I think they had a cadre come here to Atlanta, and they had one mm. go to Houston. Wow. And my father and Cherry ended up in the one in Houston. Wow. So um, but they moved when I was like three, so I lived mm. with my mother in Detroit until I was about twelve, and then uh, then I moved to Houston to live with my father. And then, uh, you know, I was there until until college. Mm-hmm. And my first year of college, I'm at uh, Cosmo, and then I moved to Atlanta to go to school and never really went to school, really. <laughs> I did like a year. I went to Morris Brown for about a day. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and then I went to Georgia State for like a couple of years. Yeah. But everything else started popping off, so I never finished uh, Never finished school. I didn't finish school either. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into music? Um... I kind of I always wanted to do I, I always wanted to do music. I don't necessarily know if I was that good at it, but I always wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, even like in middle school, I had a demo. I had a demo that I did <clears throat> called Jeans, T-shirt, and sneakers. And I <laughs> I had a a, a, a Casio SK one uh, sampler, which is like a bullshit toy sampler. Yeah. And then the Synsonics drum pad, and I would multi-track that shit on tape decks. And I had like six songs on the, you know, six six on tape. So I always was into trying to trying to make music, and trying yeah. to make beats and all that stuff. I was doing it early, 
and I was a DJ, before, you know, at the time. I used to scratch and shit. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yup, yup. All right, fast forward then. Oh, so the Dallas Austin. I mean, we eventually got into negotiations with them. Yup, yeah. But then got they pretty just, close. yeah. They, I you remember what, what happened? No, I don't. Madonna. Madonna, Madonna? Madonna happened. Really? Um, yeah. Um, two things happened, as I recall it. And anybody from Roddy, y'all can come refute it if, if I remember <laughs> this wrong. We did have a meeting with Dallas Austin and the Rowdy team. Mm-hmm. We didn't bring a lawyer. Uh, we didn't bring no representation. And it you, was like, would you even have thought to do that? Shit? I wouldn't have like, thought to do it because I, I didn't know that the meeting was that serious. Uh, but when yeah. we saw how many people were at the table, I remember when I saw how many people were at the table and they were like, where's your rep- representation? I was like, I think we were supposed to sign a deal today. Oh, wow. Like, I think we were supposed to get an offer at, the, right. at that point. You know wow. what I mean? I, I think it was that serious. Wow. Do you remember that meeting? It I, was vaguely. It was Kevin Wells, Daryl Gates, yeah. Dallas, yeah. and a few people we didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Just random motherfuckers at the table. Yeah. So it was a room full of a record label yeah. and me and you. That's crazy. <laughs> you came in there. Like, green. <laughs> I came in like, what, what, what? Green. What do you want? Where do we sign? Yeah, where, where do we sign? <laughs> and then uh, they was like, yeah, y'all have no representation, so we're going to have to figure something else out. That's how I remember it. And then before that happened, Madonna contacted Dallas to do that album that he produced for her. Uh, and the, and, the, and shit, all that shit. Yeah. They, they had work to do at yeah. that point. Yeah. Mm. So... Yeah, I, I remember it was exact like right around that period because I was waiting for that second meeting. Like a right. motherfucker, like we got to get us a lawyer. Let's right. make this. Let's let's do <laughs> I this. I do remember yeah. that, that mm-hmm. we had to go back and get somebody some representation. Right. I remember that. When I was like, yeah, we got to make this happen. And then right around then, I think I read in Rolling Stone or something like, uh, oh, wow. Madonna top, taps Dallas Austin to produce her new album. I forgot the name of the album, but y'all look back in history. There's a that year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he started working on that, and you know your access at that point. To even get in right. touch with Dallas was kind of weird after that. Right. Yeah. But he always was the he was always the man. He was always cool. Like to yeah. I might have seen him like five years ago. He was still cool. Yeah. So yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's what's up. So that Dallas thing fell apart. But at this point, I think we had a good rhythm as far as making music. Yeah. Um, I just long story short, the ASR ten was what what we used to do all of our beats and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Ended up getting stolen. How somebody um, steal your shit? They broke into your house. They broke into, into my house. apartment. That's yep. whack shit. Yup. Yeah. And um not really. Hmm? Yeah, it worked in our favor. Yeah. I got two Air Sartans now, by the way, goddammit. <laughs> whoever right. whoever took that shit. <laughs> but um that the Air Sartan got stolen. We were about to do a demo. We had a, c- a couple songs lined up and then the Air Sartan got stolen, but we still had the studio time or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we had it booked and paid for the studio time. Yeah. Oh wow. So it was either lose the money and not go in the studio or go in the studio with whatever we can pull together. Right. And and try to make the most of it. So we went in, guitar and bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found a drummer from somewhere. I don't know where we found him. Was guy, it Brian? Who was it? Was it Brian? Yeah. We wait. So we basically went in there, and we just we just plugged up, and we jammed for like twenty minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Just playing. Just playing stuff. We just, one groove, one or two just, grooves. Yeah. We just and it just and it just it it, it, it gradually elevated from one it it. it, it Went from one thing to another, the groove, when we was playing. Mm-hmm. So we would start off doing something and end up with something completely different after mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we would stop and start start this whole process over again. And we did that like three times. Yeah, no idea what we was doing. No idea what we were trying to do. So out of that out of that three times, yeah, we chopped up different parts of the, the, the jam session and came out with like five, six songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we just stopped, start, stopped the recording, started recording it, or stopped, started the, the song at one point, mm-hmm. ended it at one point, and we just... Wrote songs around that those little points, mm-hmm. and that was like our first 
live like demo. Band, yeah, the band's a band. And that, that yeah. I mean, we just. Yeah. But we weren't even trying to do it on purpose. Nah. It was like. Just necessity. But we knew how to play a couple is, chords, yeah. Out of that recording, somehow it got into the hands of speech from Arrested Development. So we did it at his studio. No, we didn't. We didn't? No. You sure we didn't do that at Vagabond Out in Midtown? 100%. Hmm. We did that. In in uh, Zook's studio in Alpharetta. That's right. Yep. Danny Zook. Yep. So this dude was like a white guy. You know, <laughs> back then we didn't know anything about instruments, so we figured a white guy with an instrument, he must be good. Oh, he, yeah, he <laughs> would kill oh, it. He was horrible. <laughs> he was worse than we were. <laughs> but he, you know, he carried himself like he's a real rocker. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. So and shout out to Danny Zook. Yeah. He ended up being a publisher, like doing some publishing yeah, he work. With yeah, yeah, he yeah. worked with. Dallas? Yeah, he ended up working for Dallas. Worked and, and CeeLo? Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. So Zook is, he ended up being the man, yeah. but we met him early. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. nobody knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah, we did that little demo with live, and then that ended up in the hands of Speech, and then Speech signed us to a a production deal. Yeah. Wow. And then that allowed us free studio time, and then we went in and... And that's what strange... So I'm still trying to figure out, so Yuda, where do we do Yuda? That was part of that session. Was that okay? Yeah. Okay. It so was, you the down was, on Sunny Lane. You the down on Sunny Lane. Novus. You right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to hear some of that. Oh, yeah. so uh, so the plug album plug time. So we re- okay. we're re-releasing Strange Cowboy, and the Yuda demo is actually going to be on the re-release. Oh, dope. And uh, down on Sunny Lane and Novus, and Novus was always part of that album, but it was a hidden track, and we unhid all the tracks that were hidden on that album. So. Yeah, Novus, uh, Novus is one of the original demos. Yuda is one of the original demos. And Donald Sunny Lane is on there. Strange Cowboy. Strange Cowboy, 20th anniversary. Oh, what? Where's Strange Cowboy old enough to drink, huh? I mean, we don't old know. enough to drink. That's gangsta. <laughs> we don't know when he do plugs on this show, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, where, we plug, where, come where, on. Where's it going? Where's it going? Everywhere. Where can you find so, it? So, uh, it should be uh, available on titles. Spotify, Apple Music, uh, really anywhere you stream or purchase music. Yo, but if somebody wanted to get like, like a physical copy of this shit, is that possible? Hmm. Anything's possible. Yeah, anything's possible. You know so I'll tell is. you, Strange Cowboy, not this re-release, right, right, but right. the original album is, is still on sale. So that album was released in uh, Japan. Japan. We, we, we were hopping around a lot, but yeah. it was released on Toshiba EMI Japan. Yeah, and if you go on Amazon, you can find a physical copy. Yeah. I, I bought a couple of physical copies because I always lose them. But I end up buying them from Japan somewhere. Oh, dope. Yeah. 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 Let's get back to the story then. Yeah, yeah. So where were we at? <laughs> uh, yeah, demo, speech? guy with speech. Yeah, speech, yeah. Speech. And then... We recorded, we recorded Strange Cowboy, so we recorded Strange Cowboy in Speech's studio. I remember Speech telling us after, because we went in there and recorded like 20 songs. Right. And I think over th- two or three weeks. Yeah. It was yeah. super, we were crazy prolific yeah. at the time. We, we was, was always making music After work, time. on the weekends. Yeah. What, what were you doing for work? You was a courier, right? I think I was. Yeah, you was like a bike, yeah. bike courier? No. No. Car. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He put me on for a minute, but I couldn't read directions enough. <laughs> that, was before, that was before GPS was. It was yeah. It was GPS. like with the book joint. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I had to I read the book and actually. I wasn't built. Make for heads it. or tails of a map. <laughs> and I think I might have been working at Payless or some shit. I, I'm yeah. not, I worked at Payless for a minute, and then I know I was working in technology when we worked on our second album that never came out. How you got an album that didn't drop? Like, still oh, we got a drop? whole album that's not out. What? Yeah, I think after we did Strange Cowboy for Speech, mm-hmm. was he? I think he felt like we should. I think he felt like it was too eclectic. What Strange Cowboy for yeah. him? No, no. This is what happened. He loved Strange Cowboy. He thought, as a matter of fact, that the only reason that came out as an album is because he was blown away. He thought we was doing two songs or three songs, yeah. right? <laughs> so we ended up doing twenty. 
Um, he, but the second album we did, he hated because it wasn't eclectic enough. Really? Uh, flat record. Really? And when I listen to it, I don't like that record. Let me get, how did you guys make music back then? Like, did you go into your separate corners and, you know what I'm saying, come out swinging and shit? Like, so was a little bit of that. Yeah. But um, then we spent a lot of time together as well. Yeah. And I like, so let me speak, like, to, I did a lot of beats, but I needed him to hear. This is why my solo records ain't shit. Because <laughs> I needed this guy. I wanted yeah. to impress him. I uh, wanted to yeah. do beats that he liked, and I wanted to make records and songs that he thought was dope. Right. So, you know, even if I went to my house and made 10 beats, I was playing for him, and he would show me, he would tell me the two that, that he fucked with. Right, right, right. And that's, those would be the songs. And I mean, sometimes it would be the beats I didn't like, or the ones I don't think were, were, were dope. Yeah. But he would, and he was always right. Always, yeah. What's funny is like in this society, Mm -hmm. in the shit we got going on right now, where you can literally just airdrop him some shit. Like, Mm -hmm. yo, listen to this. Boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, y'all don't do that. Yeah, don't feel the same. No, no. You know, Um, we would be in the same room listening to stuff. It's so funny. I was, I, I was in the in LA last week, and I just I was in an Airbnb, and I just happened to like walk past like the on the side of the house is like a little garden patio area and in the back there was a um a garage with an in-law suite and i walked all the way to the back and the door was open and i looked in and it was a studio in there ah. so i get i get to talking to this guy he's a um he he does mastering he's, he's mastered some pretty big projects they were doing a writing session and like the first girl went in and play the track and then she just started like humming things and then mm, every now and the then a word would come out and then something that legible that you can understand right and eventually they just built the song around just her laying melodies melodies wow. melodies and they picked the best melodies and then sometimes the melodies would have some words yeah. and sometimes the words work and then they just kind of filled in the right. words on the melodies and they wrote the song and I was right. like that's Dope. Yeah, like yeah. I've never done that. Yeah, we didn't do it that way. <laughs> we never did it that yeah. way. So they asked, like, how did you? How, how was your process? I was like, shit. Well, my guy would have the beats, and then I would just write them all. Or, you know, I would write my verse, yeah. and he would have his verse. Right. That that's kind of how it was done. So and vice versa, because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would. I mean, I say that to say I would love to to try that. Yeah. Now with yeah. my guy. You yeah. would love to like mumble rap through some shit over a beat. Yeah, and yeah. Then put some real words to it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. today you don't have to put the real words. I know I don't have to put real words, <laughs> but I just want to challenge myself yeah. because that's where I come from. But it is interesting, yeah, to find yeah. the rhythms first. Yeah. Or find the rhythms and the, the melodies, melodies yeah. first yeah. and then and put words around it. And you know, funny enough, that is kind of how I write. Mm-hmm. And that, if you notice, that's why a lot of my lyrics don't make sense because I will just fill the words yeah. in really quick. I think you do it real time. Yeah, I do. I, I do think it you real do it real time. I really do. Yep. Yeah, I'll find yeah. the melody and the cadence, and I will just put words in there. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is, them words might not mean shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after the Virgin experience, I started learning how to rewrite. Yeah. But I never, you know, early right. on, I never. But it, it was always a collaborative effort yeah. between the two of us. And yep. a lot of times, like he'll write something or he'll have an idea, and then I might hear something completely different. Mm-hmm. And he'll be like. Oh, and then he'll come back with a whole new concept yeah, for the song, yeah. a whole new verse for the song, yeah. and then it just kind of builds itself yeah. from there. Or, I would hear maybe a style he would do, and it would change. I would trash my whole verse because I would hear a, like a style he'll flip in the middle of his verse. Right. I'd be like, oh, I like the way he did that. And it would give me a whole different yeah, perspective. way to write. Yeah. So it, I feel like, yeah, it's necessary to have that interaction. Do you like, guys be matching uh, stories and, you know, like, with. When we matured as songwriters and we started trying to write songs about things, and it's funny because towards the end of the El Puz run, we actually had gotten kind of good at yeah. 
writing on subject. But right. before that, we don't yeah. no goddamn subject. Yeah, we would be in two different, oh man, alternate universes. Yeah. yeah. It'd be good if it sounded like the same song. But, I mean, I think what, it, the thing that was cohesive was like, like the, the, the style of it. And, mm-hmm. and the vibe. We the always vibe. kept the vibe consistent. Yeah, but the content was. Yeah. But I mean, secretly though, and I don't know if you did this, if you used to do this, but I definitely, I would hear things you would say and, 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 and you know, I kind of base my my content around that yeah. or I'll play off of that shit a yeah. little bit. Yeah, you know I think saying? we both did that, yeah. Yeah. El Poos? Nah, so El, you want to tell Go it? Go ahead. So, the, so we were, Awkward Stylistics was our rap group. Okay. Around that period when we started dealing with speech and we had a little band together, we called that band AS Octopussy. Okay. Awkward stylistics octopusy. Okay. Um, octopusy from we was I don't know we were looking for band names and we, so for some reason we thought it would be cool to, to have a, a James Bond thing. Yeah. So yeah. octopusy came from the octopusy movie James Bond movie, and AS was retained from awkward stylistics, which was our original name. So yeah, it was AS octopusy, which is crazy. <laughs> like how how was that gonna work? <laughs> AS octopusy. Like what are we doing? What are we that? doing? <laughs> It was hilarious. What man. kind of name? A S Octopus. It sounds wow. like a, a ship, <laughs> right? The SS. <laughs> what? I don't even. The SS Thirty Six. <laughs> like what were you thinking? That was weird. That's so funny because I always think of that as this this weird interim period. Yeah, because it was between it was. Yeah, and it was a transition. It was a transition. And um, but when we were signing a speech, somewhere in the middle of the speech situation, he became more religious than he was before. Yeah. Oh, okay. And born he again. didn't want to, he was, he gave me, yeah, born again, and um, and, and he didn't want to shop a group Call. called A.S. Octopussy. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. like, nah, I can't do it, guys. This is this is something right now with my belief system. Yeah. I can't, I can't <laughs> stand behind this with this name. Right. And um, I, I, the way I remember it was, I think we, I was just trying to write something on a tape that wasn't A.S. Octopussy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was handing the tape to speech yeah. and I didn't want to write A.S. Octopus on it because he had just had this talk with yeah. us. Right. So I put El Poos yeah. on the tape. He's like, this is dope. Who yeah. came up with this? Yeah. Oh, did you guys talk about this? This yeah. is a dope man. I'm going to start shopping it now. And I was like, you know me at the yeah. time. I was like, I don't even like that shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not the name of our band. Yeah. I just wrote that on the tape. Dude. I liked it. And then Cosmo was like, nah, I liked that's it. it. I like That's it. That's the name right there. That's gangster. Like, oh, man, I just wrote that on the tape, man. I didn't. And what's funny is you would never tell nobody what it meant. It no, because it didn't mean anything. But it does though, because it's almost like watching English come in the. In, you know what I'm saying? Like what we the the word we have for this mm-hmm. came out of this right. and this and the that. Yeah, so yeah. it did mean something. It was just too long of a story, right? <laughs> if anything, it's, it's ants off the pussy, but we don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> but El Poos is still a weird way to nickname AS Octopus. Yeah. yeah, it was so much. What do I write on this tape? Right, that's how much thought went into that shit. <laughs> Can't write AS, AS Octopus. El Poos. Yeah, here you go. El <laughs> Yeah. How long did you guys uh, stay a group under that label? The album came out in oh. Well, the EP came out in oh four. Did it? Yeah. The what is El Poos came out in 04. Damn, but we signed in 01. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, we signed in 01. We did demos in 01. We went out to LA. I think we did a couple of demos. I, I think I guess so too. I don't know how long we were in LA recording the album that got scrapped, yeah. and they brought us and sent us back to Atlanta. Like, no, oh, we wow. ain't got shit. Yeah, we ain't got shit. We all recording for X amount of months, and we still don't hear a record. Wow. And so, 
Yeah, so that was a few months. And then we came back to Atlanta, and they sent uh, Kevin Kadish out here mm-hmm. to work with us. And we ended up coming up with a couple of songs that they liked. Mm-hmm. And then they put out the EP. And then, so I think we broke up in 06. Yeah. Damn, two years after you dropped it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Yeah, it was a, all things considered, it was a short run on a major label, but it's been yeah. like a 12-year run. Is But the album, the album came out in 05, right? That's right. The album came out in 05, and we toured through 05, and I, I want to say we broke up in early 06. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry. We didn't break I left the group. The group didn't break up. Yeah. I, I left, and then they kept and going. And then the group yeah. dissolved. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, so, no, no, no. Yo, check this out. So, y'all, y'all, you left, right? I left, yeah. And then... <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, yo, I'm doing this project. <laughs> and I want El Poos to be there. And El Poos showed up. Right. But I wasn't nowhere to be found. It just felt weird. To me, it, it felt weird. It was weird. weird. <laughs> <laughs> Completely weird. Yeah. 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 It's like the Beatles with John, no John Lennon. Yeah. yeah. It's not Beatles. Yeah, it was It was over. Once Kuf left, it was over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we tried it, but. They pushed out a few songs. Yeah. I didn't hear those. By no, design. I actually heard one because you did perform something on that white wall. That. I think I remember like some pictures from around that time, but I don't remember anything else. Yeah, I don't know. You performed something on that white wall for me. I remember that. It, yeah, that's that's where those pictures <laughs> well, came from. It was from. Girls and Boys, MySpace Famous, MySpace and famous. then the infamous No Hard Feelings. It was MySpace, I think. <laughs> it was MySpace. Yeah, MySpace Famous. Yeah. 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 I thought I liked that song. I yeah. thought, I thought, it was interesting watching El Poos happen without me. Yeah, that shit was yeah. crazy. And then what's crazy is uh, <laughs> it's fun. Uh, like on the internet, they had like some of our promo pictures. Yeah, it's had me removed from the from the promo pictures. <laughs> so there are pictures of El Poos on the internet today that don't have me in them. Really? <laughs> yeah, dog. So the one the, the pictures from the, uh from the um when we were doing photo shoots for yeah. Hook'em Rock. There's the picture of me, you, of all five of us standing in a row. There's a version of that picture without me in it. <laughs> I did not know that. Like, Bruh. I don't think I knew that. Bruh. I heard my, I, that's when I felt something. How did that happen? I, Photoshop. I, I have an idea. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why are we thinking the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that. Oh, Bro, and it's up on the internet. So sometimes if you look up El Puse, ain't it? I'm not in it. That's I'm not crazy. a member of that group. That's crazy. I, I, I figure we have to do one more project just so I can get my face added back to the line <laughs> right. to, to make it. Yeah. They can hit that undo real quick. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yep. Damn. So with this new uh, album that y'all, the, the, the um, re-release. 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 Uh, Strange Cowboy Old Enough to Drink. Does that, does that come with the, um, that come with the. Some shows and some, <laughs> some activity. Does it? Oh shit, I'm open. We 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 both been threatening to make music for about two years now, at least. He talking about doing a show. Yeah, but still, that's the same thing to me. Yeah. I'll do a show. Yeah, I'm down to do a show. I don't lost enough weight where I could actually get on stage now. Yeah. You said you have? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, mean, I, yeah, I, can, man. I can run around a little bit. Yeah. Do a show, man. I, that's one thing I think we got over these young kids still like. Y'all motherfuckers don't want to see us on stage. Yeah, I mean, nobody has stage presence like y'all do. Yeah. Because, I mean, y'all was on it. Like, I mean, there's no taking your eyes off it. You know what I'm saying? You was just there. You was. Yeah, it's so funny, too. Like, having gone through all that and, like, 
transition to another part of your life and meet people who don't know you from that period. Mm, mm-hmm. And and I would tell people like, you know, like my my two youngest children's mother like like you don't know I used to run this city. <laughs> right. <laughs> this was my fucking right. city, my nigga. Like you don't understand. Right. Like we were that shit. Yeah. Like we were the event that you had to be at. Yeah. And she would just be like, "Ah, whatever." Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And then somebody would come around and be like, "Yo! Yeah. You yeah. know who this dude is? Yeah. Yo, they yeah. used to kill it." Yeah. But yeah, man, that was our thing like that was the one thing that we we could say like we ran Atlanta. I mean, I don't mm. Have no qualms about saying it. Like right. we ran Atlanta, and the whole the whole underground scene. Like we changed the way people did their shows. Yeah, and we saw that. Oh wow, straight we up saw that. Wow, people yeah. were we would open up. We'd be one of the three opening acts. Yeah, they have one stage show that went a certain way, and then after our show, the yeah. next time we saw that band, they had a stage show. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. next time we saw them, like they had a full stage. I'm like, oh, right. oh wow, okay. right, okay. Yeah, yeah, nah. And shit, we got uh we got a band to quit one of the tours we was on. Oh yeah, yeah. The first tour. I, I American, American Hi Fi. Yeah. Yeah. We mm-hmm. went on tour with Real Big Fish and American Hi Fi was one of the opening acts along and we were, with us. it was it was a few bands on the on the on the bill and then it was us and then it was American Hi Fi and then it was Real Big Fish who were the headliners. And mm-hmm. then, you know, and it was crazy cuz it was our first mm-hmm. national tour. Mm-hmm. And man, when I tell you we was killing it. Man. Dog, I'm talking about we was killing the game. Oh, my God. Because, I mean, we was the only black people on the tour. Right. right. And, yeah, they was open, too. And that's when I started they, figuring out you could tell a crowd to do anything. Yeah, they would. They, oh, no, wow. No one knew of us. No one knew anything yeah. about us. And, and by the end of the show, like, people were literally, like, trailing us from one city to the next just to be able to see us again. Mm-hmm. Damn. They were mm-hmm. making stuff for us, like mm-hmm. making us little yeah, gifts and stuff. Oh, so, yeah, shit. yeah. No, it was the 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 live fan base was crazy. What do you guys uh label what are you guys labeled as? You were definitely hip hop. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say it was just rap. Right. You know what I'm saying? It could have yeah. gone rock too. You yeah. know what I mean? It was almost like it's hard to yeah listening to Prince. It's like people want to put Prince in maybe like an R and B, but he's definitely yeah. rock. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like I don't know what to you know even as uh, with this re-release of the album when it's like well what's, what genre is this and I'm right. like, I don't fucking know you know because if you say hip hop you're not all the way right if you say punk you're not all the way right right you know alternative is probably because it's so ambiguous probably the only thing that makes sense mm-hmm. it isn't we're an alternative hip hop I think I think we were an alternative hip hop group but you got to throw punk in there somewhere right yeah, yeah. you know. It is. I don't know how to describe it. I'll tell you. I'll ask you this. I'll ask you a question. <laughs> if you had to pick three bands to describe our band, oh, 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 okay. So maybe a little Beastie Boys, right? But the lyrics weren't weren't like that, right? But it was more the energy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. That's definitely one of the. Um. Ooh. I did. I did. Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. De La Soul, mm. and Bad Brains. I see that. I don't know bad, if I know Bad Brains. Oh, I man. That. I mean, that's, you know, it's like. I, I would say uh, uh, um, Fishbone. Yeah, Fishbone probably, yeah. Oh, but that's yeah, later Fishbone, that. though. Yeah. So we ain't got nothing in common with Scott Fishbone. No. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Later Fishbone. Chim Chim Fishbone. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, that was the blueprint, really. Yeah. Chim Chim's badass review. Oh, you just leaving in that Fishbone? No, Fishbone, De La, and uh, oh, okay, okay. Boys. Yeah. Yeah, because lyrically, maybe more of a De La influence. Yeah. You know, as far as that type of dexterity and flipping flipping styles. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Beastie Boys just that. Because if you look at the whole Beastie Boys catalog from just 808 beats to to punk songs, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of the same, covers the same ground. And then you just have to throw something in there to, to make to make sense out of the punk songs and the, and the like Donut House and shit like yeah. that, where it's just really three or four people on instruments jamming out. Yeah. Because yeah. that was a big, that was a part of it. Yeah. I guess one of the things I always want to clarify about El Puss and it, it, for, for ego's sake is that me and Cosmo wrote all that music. We didn't have mm-hmm. a backing band making music for right, us. Right, right, right. We wrote the music. We played the instruments. And then in a lot of instances, everybody would come in and kind of fill it out and actually play because we couldn't play for shit, but we could write the songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But then when we get somebody, you know, neither one of us could play drums for shit. And, you know, so the band came in and fleshed it all out. I mean, this is like this is the first time I've seen y'all together since El Puse. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we've been hanging though. Yeah, Yeah. we went to Costa Rica. I saw that, and And it was funny because I see it with Tony too. Yeah, I look at my wife. I'm like, yo, they kicking it again. (laughs) I think a lot of people was happy to see that though. Yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of response. Yeah, y'all on tour. Yeah, Hell somebody nah. asked me that too. They was like, "Yo, did y'all do some shoes shows down there?" Hell like, no, man. <laughs> but you you also had uh, Tony with you too, right? right so it yeah. did look like it was a, like a yeah. full yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was dope. Was just out there kicking, yep. man, stop. Yeah, man. <laughs> but that's that's that should that should come soon. I'm I'm itching to make some new music. You know, outside of a vacuum. I remember we lost a MTV college tour. You remember that? Mm-mm. We were supposed to do a college tour for MTV, but they said they couldn't insure rappers but you... on the tour. Oh. Remember that? Yep. They were like, that. we can't insure the tour because we don't, we don't, we don't write, insure, we don't underwrite for rapper rap yeah, groups. I remember that? We're like, motherfucker, we ain't a rap what group. Kind of, yeah. yeah. First of all, you racist fucks, but yeah, second right, of all, we're right. not even a rap group. You know, and we were number one on. So MTV University was a college MTV system that would pipe just to the colleges, right? Right. And Summer of Thug was like the number one video at like eight or ten universities. And remember, we we even got a proper kind of proper release in LA. I'm out of Las Vegas. Yeah. Las Vegas, we were had a top five radio single in uh, Las Vegas with Summer of Thug. In. So Man. the machine was ready to push us. Right. But like little dumb shit like that, and I, I feel like maybe the label didn't go to bat the way they should have. Because, you know, if anybody can tell somebody, yeah, maybe you should overlook that requirement, right, right. you would think it would be a major label, one of the top five, right? right. EMI and Virgin should be able to tell you, go yeah, ahead and underwrite this shit. Argument for it. Yeah, so, Damn. you know. But, you know. It is what it is. It, it is what it is. All's well that ends well. Yeah, we right here. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. I'm going to stop this thing. Yeah, I hope you probably going to have to edit this one. Damn. It's almost two hours. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> For a band that nobody's heard of, that's going to be a lot. <laughs> Damn. Damn. It's over, y'all. But if you want to experience the awesomeness that is El Poops, you will find them in all the same places you'll find more episodes of The B-Side. Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and El Poops will be in one other place that I'm not. Title. If you catch up with us on iTunes, make sure to rate us because algorithms and shit. Need more QT? We on Instagram. Slide in the DM at TBS underscore podcast. Now, the credits. Special thank you to my guests, Koof Rock and Cosmo Brown. Shout out to Dres the Beatnik for the intro and El Poos and Koof Rock 
for the additional beats and music. This episode was produced and edited by some guy, and that guy is Sam Peace. Peace. <laughs>